Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Can you all hear me properly? All right. Those at the back, can you hear me say amen if you can? All right. Praise God. Okay, before we... I have to do some marketing this morning before I preach. Okay. Uh, we're going to use this book for our Sunday school class next month. Uh, it's my new book. It's called Prosperity and Increase, The Missing Link. How many of you were here when I taught that series? Okay. Just a few people. Okay. Whether you're here or not, um, you need to buy it. Okay. It's 1500 uh, and it's not expensive at all. Okay, so make sure you get a copy and go through it. We're going to be using it for our Sunday school class, reviewing the truths I taught there on frugality, skills, hard work, and relationships. I believe that these four things are critical to you experiencing prosperity on the earth. You know, we've been taught favor in such a way that it almost looks like you don't have to do anything and something will just open up. In fact, I was thinking of that statement some days ago when, when people say God will take you to places you don't qualify for. It looks like a good prayer, but I'm actually thinking something like, if, if they put you in a place where you don't qualify for, how do you head the place? Let, let's think, let's think together now before I preach. Praise God. Come on now. Come on. How many of you, be, how many of you know how big NLNG is and what it does? How many of you sincerely think that you can manage the company. I don't think I can. Because the first place is, I don't know how gas comes up. Someone say, yes, put me, I will employ people who can manage. <laughs> Praise God. Now, I mean, this is what I believe. Favor will open doors that people have shut against you, but there needs to be a level of qualification to access favor. Joseph did not just become a prime minister in Egypt. He had the solution to their economic problem. So he was qualified, but he, he wasn't qualified to be an, a, a prime minister because he was from another nation. He was qualified for the position, but not qualified for that role in that sense. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Because for you to be, a, it's like being the president of a country, and you have, you know, there was a time they said our president was from Togo. You know, Nigerians, when we are tired, we just carry one very strong rumor. Yeah? That is Jubril. How many of you remember the Jubril era? Now everybody's tired now. COVID has taken. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So, what I'm saying is that the favor of God will adjust certain doors, but you need a level of competence to be able to do what? To access that. So, you cannot just sit and wait for favor. You get competent and trust God to open the doors. Come on, are you following what I'm saying now? Alright, so make sure you get this book. Uh, you can get the e-copy. It's 1002. Those who like to read e-copy. So, after the service, on your way out uh, for the... Uh, first service on your way out you have some service team members with copies of the books and they'll sort you out and how to do it praise God let's pray and let's get into the word Father thank you because I'm anointed to teach thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus I pray that light and understanding will come forth in Jesus mighty name we pray okay so today I just want to wrap up our series we've been doing the faith refresher course since Monday 
And today is the seventh day. We're going to make available that link to you by tomorrow, by God's grace, where you can download all of the teachings from day one. And you've got to listen to them because that's how faith comes. So I'm just going to touch, you know, just like put icing on the cake of faith for you. Go to Luke chapter 17. That's been our key scripture throughout this period. How many of you have been enjoying the faith series? It's blessing your life. Luke 17, 5 to 6. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. They prayed to the Lord. He said, Increase our faith. We want you to increase our faith. And it looks like a good prayer. And you realize something Jesus didn't do? Jesus didn't say, Well, your faith is now increased. No, Jesus didn't say that. They said increase our faith and Jesus told them how to get their faith to increase. You know what Jesus said? Next verse, he says, <laughs> this is amazing. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea and it will obey you. They talked about increasing their faith. Jesus told them about using their faith. And so, how do you increase your faith? You increase your faith by using your faith. You you don't increase your faith by praying for faith. You increase your faith by putting it to work. Come on, are you here? And I gave this example. Every man seated here this morning has potentials for six-pack. Every man. Some of you have two. Some of you have one. Some of you have none. But the potential is there. How do you increase your six-pack potential? You go to the gym. Am I right? Yeah. that's a, All of us can go to the gym and we can become, even women, there are women who are bodybuilders. You know, when you see Mr. Universe and, and all of those people and they, you know, do their arms and you see all those muscles coming, you're like, wow, God is a miracle worker. No, God is not a miracle worker in that sense. It's the gym that worked the miracle. It's the same thing with you. When you see somebody says, well, by faith I got this. By faith I did this. I trusted God for this. And this came. And in your mind it looks like, wow, this person is an amazing faith man. No, if you will put your faith to work, you will get absolutely the same results. Did you hear me? I said what? I said if you put your faith to work, you will do what? You will get absolutely the same results. God's word in the heart of the believer will produce exactly what he said it will produce. So when they talk to Jesus about increasing their faith, Jesus talked to them about what? Using their faith and says, if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted. Well, somebody say, well, how big is a mustard seed? A mustard seed is actually very small. So God was trying to tell us that, listen, sometimes it is not about the size of faith, but the use of faith. I'll repeat that again. Sometimes it's not about what? The size of faith. It's about what? The use of faith. Because faith is not dependent on you for functionality. Faith is dependent on God for functionality. Let me give you an example. You see, uh, you might not be able to see it, but there's a very small switch here, right here. And you know, we can plug all these mighty lights and all of this to a very small socket. 
Now, when you look at the socket, you can feel in your mind, well, this socket is too small. It can't power this light. But actually, the power is not in the socket. The power is coming from the transformer that's right there. The socket is just a converter. It's something that takes the power from the transformer and helps us to be able to plug our whatever into it. Right? It's the same thing with faith. Faith converts the power of God in the spiritual and converts it to something physical that we need. So, for instance, the woman with the issue of blood needed healing. And what did she do? She plugged her faith into the life of Jesus and extracted power from Jesus. Come on. She extracted power from Jesus and she got healed. So, she took power from the realm of the spirit and brought it into the physical. So faith is the conversion mechanism of the child of God. You can convert the power of God to protection. You can convert the power of God to healing. You can convert the power of God to favor. You can convert the power of God to what? To whatever. I'm not so much of a science student, but I know uh, a little about power conversion. Okay? The power can be converted. It can convert it to another form of energy. And that's exactly what the power of God can do for us. The power of God by faith can be converted to what you need. And so, he told the disciples, you don't need to be praying for the increase of faith, rather you need to be using your faith. And you have to be deliberate. Listen to this, I need to say, say this to you now. You have to be deliberate about using your faith. In fact, I was listening to one of my mentors and he said something. And it struck my mind. He said, sometimes I have the money to get certain things, but I deliberately want to use my faith for it. You know, some people say, well, um, um, uh, I don't know why my faith is not working. You know why your faith is not working? You don't use faith all your life. You don't use faith for anything. And then when your house strength has expired, that's when you want to use faith. I believe I will pay it. I believe I will pay it. Ah, will I be able to pay it? I don't know, but I believe. You don't believe anything. Go and look for money and borrow. And pay the rent. So that you can have peace of mind to study scriptures and build faith. Faith is not an emergency. Do you understand? It's not, it's not willpower. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not like, you know, we are in a crisis. When you are in a crisis, don't say you want to use faith. Just ask for the mercy of God. Say, God, you know what? Please have mercy on me and help me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because most times faith is not there. Faith is not there. One of the signs of faith is rest. Praise God. When you came in this morning, some of you sat down. How many of you sat down and like, I know this chair can hold me. Ah, I know it will hold me. I know it will hold me. No, you didn't. You didn't. Why didn't you do that? You've been sitting here. You know the chair will hold you. Are, are you following what I'm saying? You just sat. Knowledge is what produces faith. If you know what God can do and what He's able to do and you have a knowledge of God, there will be absolute assurance in your heart. Glory to God. You can use your faith for anything. I mean, interesting story. It's very interesting, but it's very interesting, but that's how we live in our house. My, my daughter's got one of, his, one of her teeth, like just coming out like this. Huh? Not really brilliant in the sense and we'll be thinking of taking her to the dentist just to take the teeth out the teeth just stands out in a very awkward way so we've been thinking about it so we just said well let's pray about it and let's trust God that the teeth will just come out I mean the teeth I mean we've waited time has passed for it to come out 
It's not coming out. We just prayed about it and trusted God. And, you know, my wife was sharing with me that when I was teaching the anxiety series, she was just receiving the message for herself because she was getting anxious. You know, women can be conscious of their looks and everything. But actually, when we prayed, I absolutely forgot about it. We just prayed and I absolutely forgot. So when she was doing uh, bridesmaid or something, my wife was even teaching her how to smile so that that teeth will not show so much. So in case you want to smile, smile this way so your lips can cover. You know, and two nights ago, she came to her room at night and was, you know, hitting my wife. I said, what happened? So the teeth has covered. How did it come out? She said she wanted to cover her, her, her duvet and then the duvet hooked the teeth and then she removed the duvet and the teeth came out. With the oh, of course, that's a miracle. She saved us 17000 Somebody say yes, because you're a pastor. No, it's not because. It's because we put our faith to work. Somebody say no, I'm really believing God for big things. That's your problem. Start with your teeth. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? You see, those little things build your confidence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Start believing God for little things. Little things that it's maybe 5,000 you can pay the money, but you say, no, I want to trust God for this. I want to believe God. What are you doing? You're exercising your faith. The day will come when you will need your faith to move mountains. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, come on. Are you following what I'm saying now? Even your children. I'll give you another example. We got some games for the kids and we wanted to buy one or two games for it. And they really wanted a racing game. But I, I looked at the money. It was maybe like 18000 or something. I'm like, no, I've not come to the point I can use that kind of money for a game now. So I bought one for them and I said, we have to trust God for this one. And guess what? Just yesterday, the family that's moving came to the house and gave them two sets of games. Guess what one of those games was? Exactly the racing game they wanted. It happens that way. You see, it's not if I go and buy something of 18000 my whole world will collapse. No. But you see, every time there is a need in your life is also a time to see the favor and the faith that God has placed in you come to pass. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's something I'm believing God for right now. And some uh, pastor say, oh, uh, you know, somebody say, pastor, what is it? No, faith does not give a hint. So you can't be believing God for something and then you have told everybody around you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Faith does not give subtle suggestions. You know this person can do the thing for you. You now use tie to put it and now say, well, but we are trusting God. You know God can use anybody. No, no, David. If you trust, let me, let me, let me explain this to you. Write some things down you're trusting God. Let it just be between you and God alone. Not even your spouse. Just between you and God. And believing God for this thing. Start putting your faith. Start putting your faith. You will be amazed at how God gets things to you. There's something I'm believing God for right now. I just wrote it down. I'm trusting God for it. And the thing with me is once I pray about it once, I start lifting my hands in thanksgiving and appreciating God for it. Like I said, I'm just putting icing on the, on the whole faith series. The other thing you need to understand about walking in faith is patience. Everybody say patience. Say it one more time. Say patience. You see, and let me explain why it's important. You cannot learn faith and be someone who is impatient. Because most times you have people, I'm, I'm believing God. Hey, God has not come true. Hey, now wow, when will God do it? I'm believing for a 24-hour miracle. Oh, God. No, no, no. You are in anxiety. You're not in faith. You're fretting. Do you realize that if, I mean, 
Do you realize that if you, if you promise someone something, let me give you an example. If you promise someone something and they keep disturbing you, do you get happy or you get bothered? Yeah, it just becomes very, sometimes it even angers you. Like, I've already told you I'll do this thing. Come on, how many of us take God like that? If God tells you he's working on something, go to rest. Rest and thank him. Like, oh God, I want to remind you, I know you don't forget, but you know sometimes you can forget because of this COVID. No, don't do that. You know, and some people, and, and let me explain something to you. <laughs> you know, Andrew Womack said he was teaching on faith in Bible school. A guy came out from a drug home, a drug rehabilitation home, became a student of Caris Bible College, and uh, after hearing a message of faith like this and taking the limits of God, the man walked to Andrew Womack and said, what? Say, Andrew, I'm going to buy that, you know, housing complex. I'm going to have a place for drug rehabilitation and everything. Andrew Womack said, well, thank you, but start small. Because sometimes... We put our faith on emergency. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I've met, I've, some people have met me and they, they, they're sick, have maybe terminal diseases or certain cases, and they're like, oh, Pastor, I'm believing God for healing. And when they're talking to me, I can see doubt and unbelief all over them. You know what I tell them? Come on, you know what I tell them? Go to the hospital, get the surgery done, stay alive, come and start learning faith. Because from your conversation, I already know you are fear-filled. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to admit, on this area, my faith is not strong. You look for help, you sort out, and what do you do? You come back and you start building your faith. You start building your faith. And you start building your faith. Praise God. There was a time God was challenging me about increasing our giving percentage as a family. We give a certain percent of our income. And the Lord was... Challenging us to give more than we were keeping back. It took me two years to, to do that. Why? I, I spent some time meditating until when faith came in my heart, it became, it, 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 it was so natural to do it. And that's something I, I need to explain to you about the subject of faith. When you build your faith in an area, it will become your natural response. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? It will not be you are... Faith is not fake it till you make it. That's not faith. That's a lie. Praise God. So you've got to have patience. To trust and to wait in God. And that is why if you are trusting God for something, if you know you're going to need something next year, why don't you start believing God now? Of course, God does instantaneous miracles, but I'm teaching you the lifestyle of faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Next year, you're going to need something. Why don't you? If you're single right now, why don't you get scriptures concerning the kind, the, your husband or your wife or get something. And you know, Father God, I trust you because marriage is your will. And start speaking that. You have a business. You have children. You see what we just did today when we prayed for the French speaking nations. When is our outreach? Next year. When did we start praying? We've already prayed. We started praying this year already. Come on, how many of you know we're building faith? We're speaking faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you've got to understand that. Now, go to scriptures. Let's go to uh, Mark chapter 5. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you, your faith must be specific. You say, if you say to this mulberry tree, so don't just shoot your faith at random. Your faith has to be specific. Go to verse... 
21. When Jesus had crossed, Mark chapter 5, 21. When Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and so he stayed by the seashore. And one of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and seen him fell at his feet and employed him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and leave. So Jairus said, Come lay your hands on her. And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and pressing on, on him. A woman who had a hemorrhage for twelve years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. Since she went to many doctors, she endured many things in the hands of many physicians and she didn't get better. She grew worse. But the Bible says, and she, hearing after hearing about Jesus, glory to God. How does faith come? Come on, I didn't hear you. How does faith come? You can't build faith by spending all your time on television. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't build faith by spending all your time on 9 o'clock news. You can't build faith by spending all your time on CNN. You can't build faith by spending all your time on Facebook and social media. How does faith come? You have to hear about Jesus. Romans 10. You have to hear about Jesus. Most of us will have faith if we can just separate ourselves to God's word. And music people, choir people, faith does not come by listening to Hill song. Because I had that problem with a lot of my guys who are singers. They will just load their, their iPod and their phone filled with music. No message. See, there's a way the song ministers to me. Yes, faith only has one source. God's word. Feed on the Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, let me tell you something. I like what Gloria Copeland said. He said, if you put the word of God in your heart when you don't need it, it will come out in your mouth the day you need it. Glory to God. Feed your faith with God's word. We've talked about favor. Go and copy all this. You know, now, you know, it's so amazing that you know, it's the same thing. I look at our kids today and it's, 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 very, it's very funny. You know, right now, it's so easy to be a believer. So easy. Let me give you an example. You have Bibles on MP3 formats. You have Bibles on your phones. When I was learning the message of faith, I had to, in fact, I had to practice the message of faith to be able to learn the message of faith. After hearing, I had one tape by Brother Copeland, the prophet of your own life, many years ago in school. Listen to that tape, listen to that tape, the tape caught. You know, how many of you had that experience? That you now use white cell tape, cut the tape, you use biro to rewind. I mean, listen to that tape until I could even speak the tongues he was speaking in the tape. I knew how the tongues flowed. And then, I needed to buy Amplified Bible. Amplified Bible just came out, that short one. It was 800 naira then. My whole allowance for the month given to me by my parents was 1,200. So it was, it was 1,000 because from Wari to Delta to Abraka was 200. So I'll transport to school and then I'll have 1,000 left. I'll do my tithes and partnerships. So I had just 800 left. I couldn't use that for Bible. If not, I won't be able to. I had to trust God for that money. I had to trust God for that money. Believed God. The money came in at about a month. I mean, the day I bought the Amplified Bible, it was like I finished building a mansion. 
In fact, I, I, I bought it and I took it home. To even open it to read, I said, no, let this Bible rest. Well, I've been waiting for you for a long time. <laughs> Are you following me? I held that Amplified Bible for years. That's to use my faith. And then I wrote out scriptures. And I had a strong concordance I inherited from my dad. Big, strong concordance. I had to write out scriptures on favor. But today you can just go online and type scriptures on favor. It will come out. As, as much as we have so much resources to grow our faith around us, the same way you find people so, so spiritually lazy. You are a believer. You are following Big Brother Nigeria and tracking roommate, roommates or housemates. Ah, he has left the house. Hey, he will not leave. He will not leave. God, God, don't make him leave. God, and God will just be looking at you. Are you normal? They are praying prayer of agreement that people will not leave watching semi-pornography. And then, when trouble comes, there's no faith. You're like Samson. The Bible says, he shook himself as before. He did not know that the power of God had left him. That's how some of us approach circumstances. Then something happens. The doctor gives us a report. A prayer needs to be made. Finances need to push. And we realize, oh, there's no faith. And what have you been doing with your time? Get books. Get materials of faith and read. Get books on faith and read. Go to the bookstore. Buy books of faith. Listen, this thing, it's, it's your life. I like what Reverend Talks used to say. This is not your enemy's life. It is your life. Whether you have victories or not, it's your life. Whether you walk in health or not, it's your life. As good as it is, you can't live your children's life for them. You know, you can love your children to a point, but after a while, they have to make their own choices. You know the most painful thing in life? The most painful thing in life is seeing people make the wrong choices and you can't do anything about it because they've chosen to make the wrong choice. Why don't you make the right choice on your life concerning the subject I'm talking to you about? Faith in God's word. Even in this ministry, we trust God. We believe God. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? So, the woman heard about Jesus. So, if you don't hear, you cannot have faith. Let's read her. She came up in the crowd behind him and touched this clock. For she thought. Now, it, 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 uh, the, 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 listen carefully to this. Mark uses the word, but she thought. If I just touch his garment, I will get well. But if you read Matthew 9.21, go to Matthew 9.21. Hold your place in Mark. Go to Matthew 9.21. Sometimes when you read the scriptures from different writers, you will get a complete perspective. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 21. Am I right? Yeah. Matthew 9.21. Okay. Look at this. For she was saying to herself, if, only, if I only touch his garment, I'll get well. She was saying to herself, was saying in herself. So, go back to Mark. So, you see, when she say she thought to herself, it means she was saying to herself. Because your thoughts will form what? Your confession. Come on. What did I say? Your thoughts will form what? Your confession. So, those thoughts in your heart that you're confessing will be the product of your actions. And your actions will either be actions of faith or not of faith. 
So how do you change your thoughts? Come on, how do you change your thoughts? You renew your mind, Romans chapter 12, by God's word. You know, the day the Lord delivered me from poverty, from the spirit of poverty, is the day I got into God's word and I saw God as my source. I didn't have, I'm not a very wealthy person in that sense, but I'm never afraid of lack. Never. It, it doesn't bother me. As I'm here, the Lord can send me to a village. The only thing is let my wife and my children just agree to go with me. I'll be fine. I'm telling you the truth. They should, but even if they don't, they don't agree, I'll still be fine. But it's better if they agree. I'll be fine now. But the truth of the matter is, and you know one of the things God delivered me from? Delivered me from getting impressed by what people have. Because if you still have the spirit of poverty, when you get around a wealthy person, that poverty spirit will be saying, take something from there. Take something from there. This is your destiny, Epa. This is your destiny, Epa. And then it will make your actions, your actions, <laughs> is laughing. your actions will be, how can I collect? And do you understand what I'm saying? They give you small things. Clean here. Say how much? Say it's 45,000. You think you are making money, but you're destroying relationships that can help you in the future. Because a poverty spirit is a grabbing spirit. That's what is pervading all over our continent. That's why our governors are still stealing. Because as a governor, you've got, your house is free. Your children's education is free. You have allowance. You have retirement. You have all the ESTA codes. You have everything. You will still steal. You ask yourself, what is it? It's a spirit of poverty. The spirit of poverty always wants to take. Never gives. But as you feed on the word of God, I'm going somewhere. As you feed on the word of God, even though you don't have anything literally, what's going to happen is that you begin to see yourself wealthy. You begin to act that way. Instead of trying to receive, you begin to give. And what's going to happen? It's more blessed to give than to receive. The blessing will begin to work in your life. Glory to God. Is that not what happened to the Macedonian Christians? They heard the word of God so much. What did the Bible say? Out of their deep poverty, they were begging Paul to give. But the first thing they gave, the Bible says, they gave themselves to us. How did they give themselves to the apostles? They sat and heard the word. The first thing you need to do in building faith is give yourself to God. Hear these messages. You know, sometimes I'm amazed when I counsel people. I say, Pastor, I don't have time. Like, in this stage of your life, you should not have time for anything else but to flood your heart with the light of God's word. It will carry you far. It will take you places you never imagined. The word of God, Pastor Banky will say, has sense. It knows what to do. Just plant it in your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? Make time for the word. Your faith will naturally grow. Make time to study healing scriptures. We finish the faith refresher course like this. Get all the series and listen to it again and again. This thing will make the difference between life and death for you. It will change your life. Trust me, it did mine. It did mine. And because I believe this thing so much, that's where I'm raising my kids right now. I give them faith messages to listen to. Listen, if you can teach your children or in your life, if you can know how to hear God's voice, 
You have a heart that's completely yielded to God. And you know how to use your faith. Nothing in this life that you cannot fail. Trust me. These three things, you can, if you can, teach your children these things, forget about it. It doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter how bad life is. A man that has a heart that says, listen, I want to serve God. Right? A man that knows how to believe God. And a man that knows how to hear God's voice. God can take him out of any situation. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But you know, most times we don't spend our time on these things. It's good, but what do we spend our time on? Branding, marketing. How to make customers from your contacts. Your contacts are your customers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's good. I don't say there's anything wrong with that. I've never seen people so passionate like people who do multi-level marketing. Very passionate and very persistent. You know why? Because the more people they get, the more they rise, the more money comes in. I don't have anything against that. I'm just using it as an example. You need to be passionate about the word like that. The more of the word you get into you, the more you rise. The word of his grace will build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. There were days I spent all night listening to tapes. I mean, growing up, I think one of the persons who, who, who heralded the message of faith very strong, strongly way back there was Bishop Wedeboe. And of course, he couldn't get his tapes. And they also go and send for his tapes. And then he used to publish this big magazine called Winner's World. <laughs> it was 15 naira then. I'll buy for the first week. My friend will buy for the second week. My other friend will buy for the third week. Then the other one will buy for the fourth week. So we'll have the one for the month. So this one will read and exchange to this one and exchange to this one. Exchange. There is nothing happening in our life now that is magical. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you give yourself three years and put to practice what I'm saying, some of you cut off social media, cut off, because at the end of the day, there is no content. And focus on your spiritual life and focus on building your faith. In the next three years, you'll be amazed at what God will do to you. Go do through you. There's no challenge you're going through now that is tough. It doesn't even matter if it's joblessness. The way you find a job, you'll be amazed. What will happen is as you feed your heart with God's word, God will begin to direct your paths. You begin to be at the right place at the right time. Um, um, Brother John, uh, one of our brothers who does painting, Brother John, some of you know him, during my birthday he spoke here. He was, he, he, he was telling, telling us something two days back. That he went somewhere and the man told him, where did you go for deliverance? He said, no, I didn't go anywhere for deliverance. I just found the church and I started hearing the word of God and putting the word of God to practice. When he came, he was struggling to get painting jobs. He thought, man, things were tough. He thought he needed deliverance. He couldn't even go home. In fact, that was what even started the testimony. He said he went home uh, last, last week and he, they gave him food and he ate. So his mother and I said, what happened? That you ate at home? I mean, you know if your mother is asking you, it, that means it's been long. The man does not eat. Why? He was afraid that you were going to kill him. And today, he's got multiple jobs in multiple locations with people just working for him. What happened? The word of faith. The word of faith. And how did he come to church? He came to paint our former church and he just heard me make a statement and he said, oh wow, I was talking about generational curse, he explained to someone about it. And he said, no, I just want to come, hear the word. 
There's nothing wrong with you. You've just got to renew your mind. What I'm telling you right now, if you get this word of faith in your heart, it doesn't matter how many devils are lined up against you, you will run over them like a troop. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how many people gang up against you, you will overcome. You will triumph. The problem is not the people. Do you have faith as a mustard seed? And look at what happened. Mark chapter 5. Let's, let's wrap this up now. Like I said, I'm just putting icing on the cake. Immediately, verse 29 now. Mark 5, 29. For she thought, uh, 28. For she thought, if I just touch his garment, I'll get well. Verse 29. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of all her affliction. Somebody say, well, but this happened immediately. But don't forget, she's been saying something. She's been confessing something. Glory to God. If I touch his garment, I'll be whole. If I touch his garment, I'll be whole. You know. And that's why sometimes when we teach this story, <clears throat> we're now we now like, oh, if I can touch my man of God. Oh, if I can touch my man of God, I'll be made whole. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. The anointing of God is in the servants of God. But do you realize right now that Jesus is not just in your man of God. Jesus lives in you right now. I said, Jesus lives in you right now. I said, Jesus lives in you right now. You don't need to stretch to touch him. All you need to do is agree that Jesus is in you. That healing power that healed this woman with the issue of blood is in your body right now. That same Jesus. Glory to God. Come on, I said, that same Jesus lives in you. <laughs> Glory to God. It will put you over. I mean, I pray you can get this. Oh, I pray you can get it. You will no longer be looking for a man to help you. I pray you can get this. You will no longer be running around confused about life. You know the directions of your life. You know the pathway of your life. You know the progress that will come. If you are patient. Remember, I talked to you about patience. This thing is not to be done in a hurry. Be patient with God. Learn His Word. Get the messages. Feed your faith. Glory to God. There are times I listen to messages overnight because I have to return the cassette the next morning. So I listen to it overnight. Take note. Listen to it overnight. Take note. And this word works. I'll tell you a story. Uh, when we were in school, I had a morning devotion. I was not a pastor of a campus fellowship. The first campus fellowship I planted didn't work. It failed. So... I was, I was just doing morning devotion. The morning devotion grew so much that we had like 70 people attending every morning. People would come from other streets to come to my morning devotion. I was not a pastor. She shared God's word in the morning. And how did, we, how did I get that boldness to start the, the morning devotion? There was a series that Bishop Wedebot did in one shiloh. It was called The Spirits of God. I mean, in that message, he was bold. He was bold. He talked about the boldness that possesses you when the Spirit of God came up, comes upon you. I listened to that message that night six times. It was an hour. Listened to it from about 11 to 4 a.m. Back and forth. Back and forth. Back and forth. Next morning, I stood up. I said I was starting a devotion. Just stood up. Started the devotion. We were three. The next day, like that, until I left school, we're doing like 60. You can't catch things if you're not persistent with them. You can't have a casual approach 
to the word and expect an impartation to come upon you. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 2, and the spirit entered into me when he spake unto me. The spirit of healing can enter into you. The spirit of prosperity can enter into you. Hallelujah. Come and I said hallelujah. There's no way you will hang around me and increase will not come around your life. That's the truth. There's no way you will experience increase. If you stay around me long enough, it will come on you. Because it overflows in me. So something will rub off on you. You can't stay around me and not experience favor. You know one of the funny things <laughs> that happened during my birthday? My wife and my children sat down and they were thinking of what to buy for me. And they wanted to kept saying, you know what? You are blessed. We don't know what to buy for you. And it's the truth. There's, they look here, you have it. They look at you, are just blessed. What do we give to you? <laughs> I, and I just was thinking, I said, oh, I think I needed belts. I just said it like, hey, I think I need to get some belts. You know, during my birthday, like eight belts just came. Like eight. I mean, you go there now, you just see belts, belts, and you're like, which one should I use? You can't walk with God to the point where God answers your thoughts. A brother was sharing with me, he's in church today, he was sharing with me about a time where he's put all his money. And he was just like, God, you know what? I've put all my money in this thing. I need money. You just need to help me. And you know what happened? People were owing him, began to pay off. Resources just began. And he lived that whole month without his salary, just living on faith. And the brother ends well. Because some of you just think once you have salary, you don't use faith again. That's why you're afraid if they drop you from that job. That's why they will make you do all kinds of things in the job. They can even give you a guest. Sleep with this guest. Part of your work. Say yes, sir. Because you are just scared. Some of you can't speak against unrighteousness. You know what? You've made the job your source. God is your source. Come on, I said, God is your source. Daniel said, no, we will not bow. I don't care what your policy is. We're not buying to this graven image. No Christians are always coming from the back to shout on social media when things have gone wrong. When they're in a position to speak against things, they'll never speak against things because of the spirit of covetousness and materialism. Do you know it was a Christian that stopped the killing of twins? Do you know it was a Christian that, stopped, that, that pushed the legislature for slave trade to be stopped? We look in this world and we think Christians haven't done so much. Isaac Newton was a believer. A lot of the scientists and people who have done so many massive social things in this world have been believers who stood their place. They were not looking for money. They just stood their place for what is right. Some of you, God is calling you to start schools, to start orphanages, to start hospitals, to start reaching out to teenagers. You need to do that by faith. Come on, I said you need to do that by faith. Uh, they, they may reduce it now. Because I didn't say God is going to give you cars. You know, if I said, you know, God is going to give some of you money to get Lexus. Like, ah, I receive. No. I said God is going to put faith in your heart to say yes to his call on your life. I said God is going to put faith in your heart to start that thing that God is putting in your heart to start. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is going to put faith in your heart to start a new movement, glory to God, that will cause changes in this city, that will cause changes on this island, that will cause changes in this nation. Glory to God. It's like I'm telling you now. God is putting in my heart. It's time to go to French-speaking West Africa. Do I know somebody there? Just one person. But how are we going to do it? Come on, watch us in the next three years. Just hit all of those countries. Watch us in the next three years. Do meetings in Cote d'Ivoire. Watch us do meetings in Togo. Watch us go to Congo. Just watch us do stuff right now. The next news you will hear is that we'll start doing stuff in French nations. Why? It's the spirit of faith. 
The spirit of faith helps you to possess your possession. But how does it come? Through fellowship. Faith is not a mechanical tool. As you fellowship with God, what's going to happen? Faith will arise in your heart. Faith works in relationship with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not just a tool to get things. It's a tool to also please God. To obey God. To live a right life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we just be on our feet and just... Let's just pray. I want to come into agreement with you today. Whatever faith project you have. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever faith project you have, we want to pray a prayer of agreement right now. So whatever project you have. Come on, how many of you are trusting God for some things? Okay, just three people. I I have a church of people who have been totally answered by the Lord. (laughs) Okay, so you know what? We are going to come into agreement. Right? You know, sometimes in life, when we need things, like I said, it's not our faith, how powerful our faith is. Sometimes we are in that emergency place. Glory to God. And we need the help of God. Okay? So, I'm going to pray a prayer of agreement with you for the mercy of God and for the intervention of God. And it doesn't matter what you're believing God for, we're trusting God for supernatural miracles. Come on, how many of us are believing God together? Come on, how many of us are believing God together? Let's, let's come into agreement right now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, I'm asking, by the prayer of agreement, you say if two officials agree as touching anything on the earth, it will be done for us. We ask for your mercy in the life of everyone here. And I'm decreeing and declaring this morning that there will be supernatural interventions. The spirit of faith will go to work. And Father God, there will be miracles of mercy in the life of every single one here this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's have a sit. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.